0: The pragmatic doulas. This is a podcast where we talk all about birth and other interesting things. Birth may be a goddess, but she doesn't want to be worshipped.
1: She wants to be respected. She doesn't want incense. She wants common sense.
2: And we are Beyond- go. we're go. Hello.
0: Hi, <laughs> good morning. Good morning, good morning. And the name I was going to sing a song too. You're
1: listening to this is the Pragmatic Doula's
0: podcast. This is it. This is the the podcast that you listen to to get all the news and information <laughs> for your doulaing needs. Uh, what it is? Oh, doula's it. okay. I, where do you Where do you go? Where else can you go? well
2: well, don't go to facebook
0: (laughs) don't go to facebook don't go to twitter do not go to twitter stop googling stop googling just Just listen to us listen to us on monday mornings or whenever the hell you listen to us and take our advice because we know
2: everything i
1: don't know what just happened all right there we go
2: we My finally window. have a picture of Steph today. She's actually live and in charge, and, and wearing clothes. So I'm pretty sure all this time that your camera has been working. You just we're spending the whole time naked. So <clears throat> not that. Are that you that chewing gum?
0: Be- Are you chewing gum, Steph? Yeah. Can you hear me? No, no, Sorry. no, no. I can't. I just see you chopping away. Yeah, I'm chewing gum. I haven't um, seen anybody chew gum for a long, long time. I, I had- chew it when I drive. Yeah, chewing gum keeps me awake. Yeah.
1: When I have a little bit of indigestion,
0: chewing gum helps
1: me. Oh, okay. And I woke up with a bit of indigestion today.
0: Oh, all that, del- that delicious uh, gourmet mm-hmm. meal that you were bragging about yesterday. That's what you oh get God. for enjoying so your good. food so much. Yeah. <laughs> Too much deliciousness will upset your stomach. And I got
1: crazy this morning, too. So, like, I kind of made the whole breakfast layout thing, and then I thought, oh, I'm going to throw chicken breasts in the Instant Pot, so those are in there. Um, I'm making a chicken and artichoke, chicken, artichoke, and spinach casserole today. Um, it's like artichoke dip, but with chicken thrown in. And... Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in my brain. All of a sudden I'm like, let's use everything in the fridge. That's a bad thing.
0: I'm always impressed by people who get a head start on dinner. Are you <laughs> one of those people? You know, like it's not, it's, it's not even, it's just after 10 in the morning and you've already got your chicken in the slow cooker. That's impressive. To me, that's like Supreme housewifely. Like act, that's excellent. you have you you made it.
1: For me, it's more like, don't ask me what's for dinner. So if like today I have uh, a bunch of jerk chicken wings defrosting on the counter, so they don't have to ask me what's for dinner, they can see what's for dinner. <laughs> um.
2: And you probably made those like a week ago in preparation for today. So you're like someone who like cooks stuff and then puts it away for eating later. Just I'm like-
1: it and then threw it in the freezer. So the when it defrosts- What are we eating
2: tonight? I don't know.
0: I'm the kind of person where it's like 4.30 and I'm staring into the freezer.
2: <laughs> i buy i plan the food out in my head and then buy all the food for it and then the day comes along i'm like what the fuck are we gonna eat today <laughs> in fact i went downstairs yesterday yesterday or the day before not yesterday the day before to get a roast out from the freezer like an m&m's meatloaf or roast and i'm like oh there's chicken pot pie here all right. We're going to have that on Thursday because I don't know what the fuck we're eating. Uh, An M&M's chicken pot pie. So good. It's freaking <laughs> delicious. Yes. Is it really? It is. Oh my God. It's oh, so good.
0: It's really good. Yeah.
2: It's good. Yep.
0: It, I, I bought it a couple of times, Uh, yeah, during like deep COVID. Yeah. Because they were the only ones that had any goddamn food. <laughs> yes. Yeah. During deep COVID, I was trying to like have variety and that, that I was very impressed. Very impressed.
2: So I have noticed, I don't know if anybody else has noticed this, but there are issues with certain products being out of stock. So I was telling you guys, so my scotch is no longer, it's like in really short supply. So my uncle can't get his scotch. Um, I've been buying him other stuff and he's not happy about it. Um, What else was there? Oh, Mountain Dew my son can't have any mountain dew cuz really? there's like it's in short supply. Oh. And the last 2 weeks I have not been able to get my tetley tea. Fuck you. Are you, have- you in not having tetley tea? Um where did you go? My grocery store? I'm going to check Walmart today. Well, I
0: went to my um my um the Chinese grocery store that is close to my house and they had like the giant like restaurant size Tetley tea. Oh, damn. And then they had the small box of only 36. And I'm like, well, what's that going to do me? <laughs>
2: I'll buy a couple oh, of those. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I would have to I buy. I mean, I usually buy the big 216.
0: Oh, a that's a huge one. Maybe that's the one that I saw at the grocery store. I never usually buy them. I probably I usually buy the 70 what? two
2: pack. Well, I have tea every single day. And if it's not Tetley, I'm jumping off a cliff.
0: Me too. So. I have tea every single day. And Tetley is my, my favorite tea of choice. And But I buy the 72 because I'm the only one who drinks it. And 72 days worth of tea, that, that seems reasonable.
2: <laughs> True. <laughs> also, I'm afraid that- of it. It does get stale. Oh, does it? Yeah. Oh, I hadn't noticed. I keep it in the box. And then I also have a... I also have a... I transfer it into a jar with a sealed lid on top of it, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, so do I, but the jar can only hold so much, and then whatever's yeah. left over will um, get stale.
2: Well, I would have taken one that had 30 in it, but they didn't even have that. All they had was stupid Earl Grey and decaf. What the fuck? Decaf. If you
1: ever can't find your Tetley, hit that International aisle and try berries Tea. It's really good, I swear to God. As someone nope. who grew up on Tetley's, I decided to try my grandmother's tea, Berries, instead. Berry. Berries? Berries. That's a brand? Like, like berry, like the, yeah, it's a, it's from England. So it's in the international aisle.
0: I, I will also drink PG Tips. Yeah. And I will also drink Typhoo. PG Tips. That sounds like a website or a blog or something. Get your PG no, Tips it's a tea there. brand, and it's very popular in England, um, PG Tips, or Typhoo. Those are two tea brands in England um that I will drink those 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 brands this is funny because there's a podcast I listen to called this podcast will kill you mm-hmm. yep and where they talk about all different diseases but this week they're talking about caffeine and the effects of caffeine on your body and as a part of that they're talking giving the whole history of tea and it is fascinating and coffee tea and wow. coffee. How, how tea was accidentally discovered by like a Chinese monk and and the whole history of tea and all the politics around tea and how tea has been uh like tightly tied to colonialism and i was just gonna say yeah really it was it's very very interesting what they what they did i haven't gotten to the part where they're talking about the actual effects of caffeine on the body because that's how they do the podcast I, i love that one person does like the social political historical aspect of the disease or the issue and the other person does like the biological physiological pathology of it all so you get like a whole big picture
2: that's cool oh this podcast will kill you (laughs) not this podcast but that podcast that podcast will
0: kill you on the exactly right network owned by karen kilgariff Mm -hmm. and georgia
1: Georgia hardstar
2: our favorite people
1: we love you, Georgia.
0: yeah, we love you, Karen.
2: yeah I was telling you guys I was watching uh, um, I'll Be gone in the Dark and Karen was on it. Karen was on the first one <clears throat> and then she was on that episode that I showed you guys mm-hmm. and uh i'm I'm loving this documentary, but it's crushingly Heavy. sad um so yeah, at the end of the last episode that was just on on HBO um that's the episode that Michelle McNamara dies in. And it was like, like you knew it was coming. They were leading up to that, the last, that episode and the one before where she's talking about, oh yeah, thank God for Xanax. And you know, you have um, her writing out, there's somebody narrating her journals and things like that. um, And and narrating the story as her. And, uh, and they're like, oh yeah, thank God for Adderall. Thank God for Xanax, you know, going to go going to go to sleep now with some Xanax and it's like <sighs> why did she die? She died in her sleep of an overdose of Adderall, Xanax and fentanyl because she couldn't sleep. She was so in trenched in this work of trying to find the golden state killer that she would have these terrible dreams and things like that. And she was becoming an insomniac. So she was taking stuff to keep her awake. And she was also keeping taking stuff to get her to go to sleep. And it also turns out that they discovered she had um, a heart condition that was undiagnosed. So that contributed to her death. Yeah. So sad. And they showed the they played the 911 call from Patent Oswald. Oh, her husband. Yeah, and I'm like, fuck, no, I can't, I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't, because she's so amazing. She was so amazing, and of course, you're watching these three, four episodes of building up to what an amazing, incredible woman that she was, and then she's died. And Mm -hmm. I, it's funny. At one point, they said she she had. They were talking her and Patent um i think they were doing it through text and um she had asked about having another baby because they have one daughter yeah. um and he said no mm. and i wonder if she would not have taken that medication and whatnot if she had been pregnant and you know because she was so devoted to her children to her child i was like oh.
1: And to her husband, he was so devoted to her while she was through this. He took time off of work to, to be the foundation at home because she was so committed to this work. Mm-hmm. Like they, they made that decision together. And as someone who's, you know, in Hollywood, it's really hard to walk away from that because you lose your name really quick. Yeah. I, I remember hearing about how he said it so casually. He's like, you know, this was really important to her. Um, this was all encompassing, but it was also something that fed her. So it was just a no brainer.
2: And then yet, I mean, maybe this is just me. I mean, I, th- I think if I died, I would like, you know, a little more pining for, my lo- for my, the love of my life. Um, but he got married like a year later to somebody else. I was like, what? Wasn't
0: that, I remember seeing that. I remember on seeing, I follow him on Twitter and I remember him saying
2: something about his wife and I'm like, oh, he's talking about Michelle, but no. No, it's his exactly. new wife.
0: And I was like,
1: oh,
2: okay. Yeah, no, they got married like a year later
1: yeah you know my friend did the same thing um uh well she passed away of <clears throat> breast cancer and she was absolutely the love of their life like they've been together since they were like 15 and she passed away at 35 oh damn. have breath cancer mm-hmm. and he was he, he was a fully dedicated spouse and they like were genuinely just this amazing like rocket oh. couple who were always bantering and stuff like that so everyone was terribly, terribly concerned about her husband falling into this, this well of, of horrible depression. He was getting there as she was getting close to the end and it was her before she passed. He said, I don't want you to wait. When you feel the spark of love, I need you to go get it because you know what this feels like. And later on, uh, I was talking to one of his sons who, um, uh, my kids are close to and, uh, He had said that for him as the kid, initially it was really hard to see his dad loving someone else so much. And he said, But that's how my dad knows how to be in a marriage. He knows how to love somebody, he knows how to be loved. He goes, I think maybe if they'd had a shitty marriage, he wouldn't have gone, he wouldn't have tried again. But he had a great marriage and he knows that that's a thing. So as soon as he felt love, he literally went for it. Same thing, got married a year later.
0: I guess we've been sold a bill of goods that like this romantic bill of goods that says that love is forever. And you, you'll pine away for your love, that one love and, you know, raise monuments in their name and never ever, you know, love another. I will never love it. Like we're all, we're all all like leaned on that image.
2: The soulmate
0: that. That's not true. It's not real life. No, we have such a capacity
1: for love. You know? Yes.
2: Not all of us, but yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not all of us, that's right.
0: Not all of us, unfortunately. We all we um we we all have that ability to but like when we have kids, you know, your love doesn't a lot of people worry about that when they're pregnant with their second child, that they're how in the world are they gonna love this child as much as they love that child and somehow you do. Yeah. There isn't an, in, there isn't like a cap. <laughs> yeah. And they actually exist at the same time. Whereas if your, your first spouse passes away, I mean, it's hard to imagine because it's, it, it is hard to imagine loving somebody as much as you love the person who you love right now, but it does happen. Life moves on. Yeah.
2: Just would like, maybe like a couple of years as opposed to like they get married a year later. So when did that relationship start? You know, like six months in. It's like, yeah, could you yeah. fucking have some kind of mourning period for God's sake? What the fuck? I
1: don't know. You lose somebody quickly. It's like, we have no promise of time. What are we waiting for?
2: I'm waiting, no, for, I'm waiting for COVID to be over is what I I'm agree waiting with for. It.
0: I agree with it. Like if you feel love for somebody, regardless of the time span from the, the your first spouse dies, go for it. I, I, I think you should um, I just can't imagine I'm, I I'm, can't imagine has anybody seen that I told you guys about that Netflix show with Ricky mm. Yeah. what's that called fuck I can't remember
2: I can't remember I'll either
0: I'll look it up but it was about him mourning <clears throat> his wife's death she died from cancer and he was mourning it and I that would be me that's what that, that show really spoke to me because it, 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 that would be me.
2: I, I would not be the spouse that's lying there on their deathbed going, you know, just go back out there and find somebody you love. I'd be like, you better fuck. I will haunt your ass if you do not have a decent amount of morning time. Can you give me like a couple of years after yeah, that? Yeah, like can you just, you know, at least be, be sad for... Be sad for one year and then start looking. I knew the word life was in the title, it's called afterlife. Okay, afterlife.
0: Um, I'm just joking, I wouldn't say that to I wouldn't say that. I would say, oh, I fucking well
2: would, I absolutely would. And Literally. then everybody else would say, She wouldn't want you to do that, and he would say, No, she, told, she, me. Would. she <laughs> told me, you fucking told me. And then a vase falls off the off the mantle, and I'm like, "That's to confirm, me." To confirm exactly, yeah, yeah. Here's the
1: video clip she sent me right before she passed because she wanted it immemorialized.
0: Here's it, it's That's written right. and notarized by a, a lawyer. You're gonna so, play it at the funeral. Yes. <laughs> Everybody, just so that the witnesses—two hundred witnesses—yeah, everybody. And so up. that
2: bitch in the back of my funeral doesn't look at him and go, "He's looking nice, widow." Hmm,
0: look at that no. unicorn. No, no, yeah.
2: fuck that. Two years from this date, Stacy, bitch in the back, you leave his ass alone <laughs> for two years. I know I, you where know you. Know
1: I'd love to pick the person who followed me up. You're like, look, I need, I need input. <laughs>
2: Can I start betting people? <laughs> yeah, there's that aspect. Hmm. Yeah. Anyways, all right. Should I do this landing? So you're
0: watching. Um, are you afraid of the dark? What's it called? Are you? Afraid? I'll, I'll be gone in the dark. It's
2: based on her novel or on, on her book.
0: What are you watching these days to to fill in the the? the gaps that COVID now has, because I know that most of us are slowly, slowly returning to work and doing things, but we're not all, I don't know if you guys are for all all full-blown back to work, but there's like bits and pieces that might be left
2: over. So what do you- would like to have a little less work. Thank you very much. Fucking teaching four nights this week. What the fuck? Yep. I'm fucking exhausted. Plus a client. I'm exhausted. It
0: didn't, it, it didn't, it, I said to somebody- it, ju- it seems like it just didn't sort of trickle back. That's why I said, I can't start teaching right away. I need it to slow it down because it's like all of a sudden. Yeah. Bam. It comes back slowly. I had to slow it down. So the, yeah, I have what built it- in breaks for too much work. I can't do it.
2: Can't. So what, what are you up to stuff?
1: I am. What am I up to? I am going back to see clients now postpartum so after they're having their babies and stuff since we can't be with them in person having their babies i'm going to see them uh after home afterwards with all my ppe in place and my hair in a ponytail so i don't touch my face and all that fun stuff for entertainment i'm i just finished uh oh what's it called snowpiercer snowpiercer yeah it's based on so there it's it's based on a book when, and there was a movie made about it as well, but now there's a, uh, it's on Netflix and it's a series, it's a television series.
0: I'm looking it up right now. Snow Piercer?
1: Yes, Jennifer Connolly's in it. Um, and I like her. Isn't it like fantasy or something though?
2: Like, or sci fi um, or something?
1: Sci fi type thing. The, the dude from Hamilton is in it. Which oh, dude? No. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I need coffee. Hold on the latin dude earth or has, one of
0: the black dudes earth has frozen over and the le- last surviving humans live on a giant train circling the globe struggling to coexist i'm at the delicate
2: balance on board david diggs That's Oh, it. i do love my david diggs
1: well he's on snow piercer as the main character is this
0: uh, a y- was it a ya novel i'm not sure I always think, you know, these dystopian plots always make me think of, like, the Hunger Games or something. Well, uh, yeah, so there you go, people. There's your- Isn't
2: Captain America in it, too? Chris?
1: I haven't Is seen him quite- yet, if he's going to be.
2: He was in the movie. Oh, okay. He was in the movie. Okay.
1: Not the, not the series.
2: Okay. Well, so
1: that was a
0: the series and a book.
1: Yes. What? It's a book. And then it was a movie, and now it's a series, a TV series. That's a lot. On Netflix.
0: That's a lot. Um... So there's a
1: little segue into books, our book corner. We finished our book club last week. Yes. Yeah, that was fucking awesome.
2: Yeah, that was really good. I enjoyed that very much, actually.
1: Mm-hmm. So did I. And we've picked our new book. Like we told you we would. Like. We're on top. We
2: of it. fucking picked it this morning, so don't give us all ah. this credit.
0: Hey, look, it was before we started, okay? Give us away. <laughs> I want to, we have, we want them to think
2: I'm all about honesty.
0: honesty. <laughs> Realism. Well, we told you we were going to do it and we're doing it, so that's what we get all the points for it. Just because we did it five minutes ago doesn't mean anything. <laughs>
2: So, so, we're doing. I saw this woman interviewed on uh, Your Morning this morning, um, and it's called The Pull of the Stars by Emma Donahue. It is, hold on, it the is. Pull, pull of the Stars. Is that pull what? of the Stars. Okay. We are pulling stars. Um, it's a novel. Um, but it's very interesting. Uh, Dublin, 1918, three days in a maternity ward at the height of the Great Flu, so that would be the Spanish Flu, um, that oh, pandemic. Of, yeah.
1: Birth.
2: Oh my! Look yeah. at that. A small world of work, risk, death, and unlooked-for love by the best-selling author of *The Wonder and Room*. In an Ireland doubly ravaged by war and disease, because keep in mind World War One was happening. Nurse Julia Power works at an an understaffed hospital in the city center where expectant mothers who have come down with the terrible flu are quarantined together into Julia's regimented world. Step two outsiders, Dr. Catherine Lynn on the run from police and a young volunteer helper, Bertie Sweeney. In the, in the darkness and intensity of this tiny ward over three days, these women change each other's lives in an unexpected ways. They lose patience to this baffling pandemic, but they are also shepherd a new life into a fearful world with tireless tiredness and humanity. Careers and mothers alike somehow do their impossible work. In The Pull of the Stars, Emma Donoghue once again finds the light in the darkness in this new classic of hope and survival against all odds. So there you go.
0: I got it. I mean, the I've read both of the her previous two books, The Room, Room, which was made into a movie which I haven't seen. You I haven't did? seen the movie either. I'm too concerned about seeing the movie because the book was heavy enough for me. Um and that was good. And did you read The Wonder? No. Yeah. Uh also really like not i'm, I'm thinking I'm, I'm wondering if i'm getting it mixed up we did two books set in ireland and um and i'm wondering if i'm getting them mixed up but they were not They. they were not uplifting books let me just say that
2: <laughs> well this one talked about light so i hope it's <laughs> yeah i hope there's mm-hmm. some light
0: <laughs> yeah the the wonder was about a small it takes place in this small Irish village where everything just seems muddy and bleak, and very, very depressing. And there's a girl locked in a room, so it's very like a small setting where it's just a girl in a room, and she's supposedly been surviving without food for um, months and months. And then somebody uh, is is hired to watch her to see, like a nurse to see if this is true, if this this phenomenon is actually happening. It's anyways, and it's it, yeah, it's very depressing. So I'm hoping that this that there's some starlight in this book. So I'm not willing, I'm willing to give it a shot because they were good. Just not don't look for it to brighten up lift, your day. Lift your spirits in it. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay, great. Wrong book. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. You want to do that land acknowledgement?
2: Yeah, since we're, what, like, halfway through our thing now. Um, All right. So I, as usual, I'm going to butcher these names. Um, This is a land acknowledgement for Scarborough, the land I'm living in, um, the land I'm podcasting on, um, the land I'm raising my children on, the land I'm working on. The land I'm standing on today is the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Ashinabeg, the Chippewa, the Hoot and Oshone, and the Wendat peoples, and is now home to many diverse nations, Inuit and Métis people. I also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13, signed by the Mississaugas of the Credit, and the Williams Treaties, signed with multiple Mississaugas and Chippewa bands and we thank you
0: yeah and to follow that up i just found out about a course that is being held online and is free by the university of alberta that is um i can't remember the title of it somebody sent it to me not too long ago but it is a course that speaks about uh, indigenous life experience so if anybody's interested in checking that out, it's I, it's free. It's online. Perfect. University of Alberta. Awesome. Yeah. All right. right. What are we talking about today, podcasting friends? I
2: don't know. Oh, baby girl, we can't hear you.
0: You are muted. Yes, you are. Yes, you
2: are muted. You need, there you are. You. Hello. Yeah
1: um ah, back you're back um you know what we did not get to do before was I, I think maybe a month ago or so we were going to go review kind of a current list of common questions that were going out on facebook kind of what are people asking what are people doing um and so that just popped up on the top of my head and i'm just flipping through my book here because i had made a list we didn't end up doing it though
0: okay
2: oh okay
1: but I do remember one of the questions so we could get started on that and get your thoughts on it. If you could go back to the beginning, what is the very first thing before taking your training that you would have done? What? If you, if you could do something differently before taking your training, knowing what you know now, what would you have done?
0: I might've taken a different training. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if the training that I w- would that would have been good for me existed at that time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: but I might have looked around and not taken the
2: first thing that popped up, done a little more research yeah
1: that was my I mean well, there was so
2: much not available 15 years ago. I mean yeah. that wasn't even
1: online like, there yeah. was, you couldn't access the same information online that you can now, whereas now we can go anywhere and find anything.
2: It wasn't. You didn't do Google searches. You did Yahoo searches.
1: You did, or you talked about. You you looked for a Yahoo group.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't. I mean, I'm thinking back to 2004 when I did my training. My life was very God kid oriented. I had a four year old, a five year old, an eight year old, and then two other older kids, and. I don't remember sitting online
2: at all. I yeah. sat online during naps. So I had two that were in kindergarten and I had Allie at home. Mm-hmm. So I was able to Well, I had Allie at home, but I also had I also had two other kids I was looking after too.
0: Yeah, doing home daycare.
2: Yeah, but I I looked online when it was nap time and when I wasn't actually napping. or on weekends did searches i'm
0: sure i must have because i'm pretty sure that that's where i hooked up with my first training with that training was online i'm sure dona has had a website for a while yeah
1: and i think i heard about mine through was it a it was a yeah i think it was a yahoo group or it might have just been a mailing list before that it was called koala mamas um it was like a big baby wearing group of people in toronto yes everyone yes. would, and we'd have like good. monthly meetups. It's kind of like the Lecce League, except it was all about baby yes. wearing. And people yes. everyone would come and share their carriers and teach each other how to use them and um, bring a picnic and all our, our hooligans would run wild. And if you just had a baby, everyone kind of gathered around and brought you food and shit like that.
0: I went to one at Thompson
2: Park. Thompson Park.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: I, when I had decided... I don't know if this was before or after I took my training. I had went and met Amanda at Thompson Park and had we had our kids there running around and stuff um, and talked about doula work and stuff like that. Not very I Sorry, that's, that story was dumb, so I don't know why I, know why I went there. <laughs> was waiting for more but that's it no that's it that's that's pretty much the the gist of
0: it Um, get back to the original question i might have early on if i know then what i know now if i knew then what i know now realized that i would get no business training no business information and maybe sought some of that out maybe supplemented my dual training with something else that I could find out there in the world that probably didn't have anything to do with doulas, but, uh, some business training, some marketing training so that I didn't feel so overwhelmed by it all. Mm -hmm. And then, and, and so therefore felt compelled to sign on with agencies right away because I felt that was the only way that I was going to get to do this work because I didn't know how to run a business and my doula training
2: did not no, back then there was no business stuff at all. Did
1: None. you like being part of a, being part of an agency? Did, did you enjoy parts of that?
0: I en- I enjoyed working. I enjoyed, um, yeah, finally being able to work. It got me a lot of work and a lot of experience right away. So I enjoyed that. Um, and the, the the first agency I worked was the Ella Center, that they're not around anymore. And the woman who started the Ellis center was very nice. Um, and uh, so I enjoyed that, but I didn't really feel like as a part of that team because I didn't hang around the center. Like that's not, the doulas didn't do that. We just got sent by email, whatever um, we needed to do, whoever were the clients and we met, you know, in the evenings for consults there and then that's it. And then we worked with the clients. So. So I liked the fact that I could get, I was getting work without even trying. And then I worked for Birth Solutions for years and years. It was run by Tracy Ruiz. Got tons and tons and tons of work um, from her. And in my mind, in some ways, the way that Tracy ran that agency is the way that I, I really admired that. She was super fair in terms of payment with the doulas that she worked with. And I don't think that a lot of agencies are as fair as she was right now from what i'm hearing yeah i
1: think she also right off the bat um started charging more than the average so that she could pay herself and she could pay the as a fair wage which i know there was some there was some backlash in regards to that but uh Mm -hmm. but really if you want to pay somebody fairly and you want to run an agency you have to pay yourself and you have to pay the the doula so that they can continue to work. Cause if you're not paying them well, then they can't work. They have to find something else to do.
0: Exactly. Well, they have to and I paid so well that I didn't have to do anything else. I could support my kids after I left my husband and I was supporting my kids on my own. It was all from work that I got from Tracy completely. Oh, and then I started teaching after that, but that not right away though. Yeah. So anyways, that's what I would do. I would, get some business training yeah because there were no trainings that included that at that time now it's a little bit different but not back then no Mm -hmm. yeah
1: so agencies made a whole lot of sense back then when especially where if one person had that marketing knowledge and one person had the that outreach and had those connections already it really worked especially if you wanted a t4 instead of you know, tracking all your own expenses and all of those things. Um, is somebody in trouble, Abby? What well, we're
0: breathing. Oh. Otherwise, goodbye.
2: <laughs> we're recording, so piss off.
0: <laughs> Please do
1: not stop breathing. Sorry about that. Um, mm-hmm. One of the other questions. It's not in my book for some reason. I think I might have been using a different notebook. Ba ba.
2: What would you have done differently?
1: Oh, me. Yeah, I'm in on this conversation too. Um, If I knew then what I know now, I would have taken a training or required, I would have inquired to that training about them having, uh, about what their diversity was like on their board and what their intentions were going forward. Especially right now with all of this information, it's like once you see the lack of diversity, you can't unsee. The lack of diversity. Once you see the barriers to care, you can't unsee the barriers to care, or the barriers to certification, or all the other barriers. So it'd be like, oh, okay, so I can see what you can do for me, but what can you do for everyone who wants to take a training? Um, it wouldn't have been necessarily about taking the training or not taking the training with them, but kind of asking them if you're the if you are the standard, what standard do you want to set? You know what I mean? And how can we be a part of that as the doulas who are Signing up for this, so it's not just what are you doing. It's like what can we do if I want to join you? Um, and that's again just knowing ne- knowing then what I know now. Back then I was just like dole dole doula It's a training. It's in Toronto. I can make it there. I can make it work. That was all really. That was all it was about was just finding a training I could get to that was accessible by TTC, um, and so it was accessible to me.
0: Yes. Me, me too. I wasn't driving. Was I driving? I, well, we had one car and I couldn't take it for the whole entire weekend. So I took the TTC to my training. It was in Metro Hall, so that impressed me.
1: Yeah, mine too. Yeah, Tracy and, and Kim. Oh, same training.
0: Oh, yes. Yep. Same people. <laughs> Lots yep. of love and light. Lots of love and light. Oh, and, yes. Um, and and well, you do you home water birth videos. And, and you are not the doula for everybody. Yonis.
2: Yonis. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd have walked out.
1: <laughs> there was lots of- I'd have uh, been
2: like, what the fuck is this hippie bullshit? I'm gone.
1: I um, know the, my biggest takeaway from that training, honestly, what, I mean, there was, there was lots of like, you know, hands-on learned stuff about uh, touch and feedback and respecting someone's space. If they don't want to be touched, it's not about you. Um, type things, and there's different ways to support, but I, the big, big take-home I took from my training was that I'm not the doula for everybody, and it has nothing to do with me, or it just has to do with not being the right connection, so not to put that on my ego or even waste my time on it, and that um, it's okay to take a break. One of the biggest burnouts is they're going, lasting forward and trying to save people from birth and all of that type stuff. It's okay to not do that. It's okay to pivot and try something different and maybe um, get more education in in breastfeeding and you can support over there if you need a break from birth. Um, If you need a break from a particular hospital, that's okay too. And it's okay to say that out loud in your emails with your clients or in your phone calls with your clients. Um, And it, it was weird to hear this group of people saying, like actively speaking forward about permission to not be the be all end all that I think often women are told they should be you should be nurturing to everybody you should make a connection with everybody if you don't make a connection it's probably something wrong with you and I very much got the exact opposite of that it's like not in your control you're, you're not everyone loves ketchup but and not everyone loves mustard there's nothing wrong with people who like both you know there's nothing wrong with people who hate mustard just not your people
0: um I probably would have also maybe, I mean, I didn't know. I didn't know. It's okay. If I knew now, if I knew then what I know now, right. I would have checked the birth philosophy of the trainers Mm -hmm. because their birth philosophy was very specific. Yes. It was very biased. I got almost no training about what it's like to work in a hospital. Why is it okay to have an epidural? None of that. It literally was all love and light. As a matter of fact, one of the trainers at the, I can't remember who's who, um, but one of the trainers had not refused to attend hospital births, only attended home births at that time. So that's a clear bias that I wouldn't stand for today in a, in a training. I mean, and, and I think it's okay for people to have personal biases, but if you are If you're going to be training people, you need to prepare doulas for working in hospitals, too, and for people who want high-tech births. What does that have to do with you?
2: Absolutely. Uh,
0: Yeah, and uh, I didn't get that. Oh, yeah,
1: so it means that even if that's your, your bias or your boundary at that time, you still need to be able to, you're training other doulas who don't have that boundary, so they need to have the skills and the knowledge and again, the permission, like that whole, it's absolutely okay to have an epidural. Here's the best ways you can support somebody who's choosing that path.
0: Right, or I have a personal bias. Like for instance, if I got pregnant today, I would have a home birth with a midwife. That's my personal thing. But that doesn't mean that I think everybody should, or I would never support anybody who would choose differently than that. That's, that, doesn't, that has nothing to do with me and my personal choices. So now I believe that a doula, a good doula, should be able to pivot and support their clients wishes like that's what they hired you for is support and their wishes are their wishes their des- and and a person who wants a high-tech birth who wants to put absolute straight to the operating room and give me a c-section to get this baby out of me has a reason for making that choice and I can't get into that no well why aren't you having a home birth with a midwife I can't that's not my thing people have there's a a myriad of reasons why people choose the things that they choose, and it's and I didn't get that in my training at all. Why might somebody choose to have an epidural? What about sexual assault? Yeah. What about somebody who doesn't want anything coming in or out of their vagina because of a history of sexual assault? I'm gonna judge that person? No. No, you can't do that. So that perspective was never presented to me. Hold on, they're mowing the grass outside and...
2: I was just gonna ask. <laughs>
1: There. You got a nice close up of your boob there.
0: One <laughs> <Want> tip. <it. laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so so I, I would have I, I don't know how I would have gone about it because it just simply wasn't that kind of um holistic viewpoint. Holistic meaning high tech birth and low tech birth. That's that perspective I don't think was available 2004.
2: There was a doula in Toronto, God, many, many years ago when I was first becoming a doula and maybe like five years in. And she had that bias that if an epidural came into play, she would leave. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. I, that blew me away. Um, And she had supporters, but she actually had a lot of people that were, you know, Kind of, it was in a Yahoo group that I that she sort of posted this and uh, and I think yeah, I remember that too. And I don't
0: know who it was, but
2: I can't remember her name, but I, I certainly haven't seen her name ever again. Um, we ran her out of town, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> but it was like, what? No, that's not well, right.
0: Now here's the thing. I No, I think I don't. Do you support a doula who is intolerant of people's choices? Does that make make me intolerant?
2: Oh, now there's a question.
0: Right. So
1: I think the peculiar thing here is, is it's, it's about her relationship with her client. So if she tells somebody, a family, that these are just she she doesn't feel that she's of value after an epidural or doesn't support epiduralized births. So somebody knows this information, knows there's other doulas, grasps onto that, and chooses to have her as your doula. So I don't have a problem with it so long as she has been open. She's de- yeah, as long as she's been open, she's determined what her bias boundary whatever it is communicated it clearly. So that when it, when and if she chooses to leave a birth that has an epidural, everyone is on the same page. Um, so
2: I'm cool And I with mean, that. that's fair. I mean, if and the people know this going in, but my concern would be if they know this going in, are they going to not choose an epidural when they really, really need it because of the fear of her leaving? But would yeah. you and do and then it? doesn't that almost ruin the their birth because they're suffering more than what they could have been Just Unless play really devil's advocate.
1: like i i want you here until i get my epidural they might be planning to get an epidural with whether they tell her or not but they want somebody there until that they feel that they need it
2: yeah but i mean that doesn't always go as planned i mean yes, you can go not. i certainly went into my first birth going there's no fucking way i'm getting an epidural i'd rather die than get an epidural and then you know 10 hours in of hard Pitocin labor with a baby in the, in the OP position, I'm like like, fucking shit hook me up because I can't do this anymore. So, and then, and then she's going to leave. And you know what? That's fucking exactly what my midwife did. And I hate that woman now as a result of that, because she left us alone. We went in thinking that she was going to be with us and she left us alone because of a circumstance outside of my control and that, I hate that woman for that. So, oh, I mean, so that's good. how that I good. would, that's how I would react.
0: Theoretically, if, yeah, we can all say, well, if the clients, every, everybody enters into this agreement with eyes wide open, uh, then there's nothing wrong with it because everybody's an adult and everybody's made this choice. However, one of the, the, the biggest, ten, like the first tenet of birth is that it's, unpredictable especially doulas are most of the time most of the time attending people who are having their first babies so you have absolutely no idea what labor is like absolutely people say oh i have a high pain tolerance or whatever i so i can't you don't know till you know yes and even when somebody says absolutely yes i want you there until my epidural and then you can go i just don't so theoretically it sounds okay in reality, I don't see that working. You bond with this pe- with this doula before you have the baby, you're there in contact with, with the doula uh, during early labor, and then maybe you go to the hospital and you're helping them through that 10 hours, and then that person says, all right, I need to have an epidural, and knows that, that you're gonna leave, and then you do leave at that point because you are philosophically opposed to this procedure. Mm. No, I think I've decided, no, I cannot support a doula doing that. Even when this, she says, well, all my clients know. Well, I think that that's, it's like when a parent says to the kid and, oh, is it, if you do this thing, I'm going to spank you. The kid knows it. Is it okay? It's not okay to have that clause in there. It's just, it's not okay to have that clause in there. You touch that, I'm going to smack you and put you in your room. And the, it, it's not a it's not a fair choice. I think maybe yeah, that's so, why
1: we don't see her around anymore. Maybe, but, <laughs> maybe that just that
0: didn't I, work. We ran of town. That's what I said. We ran around of town. Uh, it's, yeah. So you can be you can have bias and you can say um, so. Instead of saying I won't support epidural births and I'll leave if you choose to have an epidural, why not just say then I only support home births. I'm a home birth duo. Yeah. I'm 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 cool with that.
1: Well, that that's no guarantee of no epidural either. Like, do you not transfer then, or what? Like, if if there's a transfer, or if you, yeah. you know, that's true too. Um, like, there are home birth doulas. There are doulas who have to, you know, get a little traumatized at hospital for a while. They get worn down, broken down, and they they switch to home birth. Yes, um, for a while. But the thing
0: want- is about support. It is about support. Yeah. And so, yes, if you within your if you've got your own trauma as a doula to deal with and you need to draw parameters around yourself, that's cool. But you also need to look at the breadth of birth experiences that the general population is likely to encounter. And then you have to decide if this if this profession is for you, then. Yep. Yeah. If you have a trauma around. Uh, doctors just doctors in general which a lot of people do so therefore you're never going to go to a hospital and you make that clear then you also need to I'm assuming then that if a person has a home birth then they have midwives who are going to transfer with them to the hospital yeah if you if you are saying okay well this is the point where I leave because I cannot enter a hospital due to my own trauma um i guess that's okay
1: i want again with full disclosure that you know it's almost like you know people who hire a home birth midwife knowing that the midwife can't transfer with them like uh, not i'm not talking about here but in many places you can have a hospital midwife or you can have a home birth midwife but you can't have a home birth midwife that transfers with you Mm -hmm. like at that point they're they're not a part of your care any longer
0: um and uh or they switch to a doula role you know, that's about legislation and rules yeah it was kind of different people will be more forgiving If my midwife cannot come to the hospital with me because yeah. there's a law that says she cannot then that both like saying you know good luck good luck i really love you and I, you know we'll you and so on um it's not like i'm sorry i cannot do this so i'm gonna leave now I wonder
1: if she, that chick had uh, trauma around epidural.
2: Maybe. She was an older doula too, I think. I think she'd been at this a while, if I remember yeah. correctly.
0: Suzanne. She was, she was like doing it before it was, was being done.
1: Yeah. Is, is that a macrame plant holder behind you?
0: Yeah. It is. <laughs> With no plant in it. I got to put a plant in there. I love that. So do I. I literally just ordered it from Etsy last month oh you didn't cobweb. make it <laughs> Oh, no, I did not make it you didn't I make know. that in the 70s yeah
2: I dragged it out
0: from the cellar from when brushed
2: the- yeah. off all the cobweb
0: <laughs> yeah my holly hobby dolls and everything oh, Lordy.
1: so I guess we're talking about trainings and and you know shortcomings of trainings and how you know what we would really have loved to have seen and what's come of that
2: well I mean what would I have changed? Mm -hmm. If I knew then what I know now, what would I do differently before taking the training? I wouldn't Hmm. have taken the training.
1: (laughs) At all? Like you wouldn't have gone into doula work? No. What What would you have done, Kim?
2: I would have been a cashier at Choppers Drug Mart like I was. And I would have enjoyed it. And I'd have gotten my blue shirt. And I'd have been there for the rest of my life.
0: I envied you that job a <laughs> <One
2: time>. long <laughs> Yeah, you got like 50% off discount, man, on some shit. It was really good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yep. you can, you know, strong arm Ally into working there or something. <laughs> 50%.
2: Somebody. Yeah, I, if, now, if you'd asked me this question a year and a half ago, I might have a different answer. Or I'm not sure, because I think, for me, I love my life, and I love, I love my work, and I love teaching, and I love, you know, I love the people I've met. I mean, I certainly wouldn't have known you two. <laughs> um, really? My life would have been comparatively different. Would it have? Would the major milestones have been the same? Would they have been different? I don't know. Would my focus have been different? on my family than it was at the time. I don't know. So I don't know what would have changed, but maybe I wouldn't have become a doula. Mm. If I knew the end result would be what it is now, I might have been a little more, I, I would have taken this on a little differently. What, what do you mean? The end result? Do you're a kick-ass doula, kick-ass CBE. Like, what do you mean? What end result now? Well, I mean, I'm certainly, I'm certainly at this point um, completely over traumatized by birth in general. Like, I, I have gotten to a point in my life where I simply don't trust birth anymore, um, and, and I don't think that's a good thing. Um, and I can probably get over that. Um, I spent a lot of time as a doula focusing on being a doula and focusing on my clients. And I never, I I didn't take into account that I wasn't focusing on my family um, or my marriage. So I don't know if that would have, if I had been focusing on my family and my marriage and all these other things, if maybe my marriage wouldn't have fallen apart seven years ago. And I mean, maybe it would have anyways, I don't know. But if I could go back and do it again, I would like to see if it did.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So. on a completely different path to see what the. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But I mean that because, I mean, seven years ago, that was completely devastating to me. And mm-hmm. and while the end result, again, I am I have my own home. I have my own business. I I have you know dealt with the shit that every fucking few days gets thrown at me um i have seen a strength in myself that i never really thought i had before i mean i i think i had it i knew i had it before i got married but then it kind of went away um but i've certainly been able to get back to the kick-ass woman i used to be so i mean that is really good but I think maybe I would have done things a little bit differently. And I would've after a while I my philosophy became, you know, my family first. But I would have liked to have maybe have started that tradition a little bit sooner <laughs> than than what I than what I did. So I don't know.
0: And that's a good answer. Did you say stuff?
1: Yeah. What I would have done differently? I would yeah. I would have been more in touch with the things that, that were in part of the training, that were part of the organization. um in understanding oh, yeah,
2: you did. That, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's funny, Our, you know, you get, you get that question a lot, actually, you know, what training should I take? I'm looking at this one and this one, what training should I take? And I'm like, you know what? When you went to college, when you went to university, when you went to post-secondary school, you didn't just go to the one that was around the corner. You went to the one that had the program you liked that had the education that you needed. You, you investigated those colleges and those universities before you sent off your application and you did the research and you did, you know, the digging into the organization. Why don't we do that with training organizations? It's like you say, you know, this one's going to be, this one's going to be next week. So I'm going to take that one. And it's like, okay, do you know anything about those people? Do you know like where you're gonna go beyond that weekend? You're gonna fork out six hundred, five, six hundred bucks for this without knowing anything about them just because it happens to be there. Must be nice to have that kind of disposable income. But Jesus Christ, people, put a little bit of effort into your where you're getting your education from. If you have to wait a couple months, do that. Which is very often the case with post secondary yeah exactly like holy shit if the training that you want to take is like somewhere in a different province or you know save up to you know spend that time and go there and spend that weekend or whatever if it's only online is that going to help you is do you learn well online is it you know, maybe the training that you want to take because the trainer that you spoke to is really amazing and you connected to them so badly. And it was so amazing, but they're not having a training for another six months to a year. Good. Sign up for that. And in the meantime, talk to other doulas, read your books, do all the things that you're supposed to do and then take your training. Like, holy shit. I'm, this is one of the, the issues that I have with new doulas. It's like, they're so, we gotta do this now! And it's like, whoa, can you just jump back? You know, can only survive on 140 characters? Like, let's, whoa. That was me.
0: I was, at my, um, I was at my friend's birth. The midwife said to me, you should be a doula. I'd never even heard the word before. Within a week, I had registered for the very next training that was gonna be held in Toronto.
2: I actually did, when I started looking around at it, I actually did, um, went on the, went on the Yahoo groups and all of this stuff. And I talked to some doulas, most were obviously in the United States. And I was like, okay, I'm looking at Dona, you know, and I asked the stupid question, you know, does anybody, you know, is there anybody who's trained with Dona, blah, blah, blah. And then somebody came up and instead of saying, no, take this one, which is what you see in the Facebook pages now, take this one. I really loved it. And it's like, Okay great. Um, But she said to me, look, what you need to do is look at the major organizations that, that are out there and read their scope of practice, read their mission statement, read their code of ethics, talk to them and see what speaks to you who fits in with your philosophy as a doula? And I did that, and I ended up not going with Dona, actually. Um, I ended up going with Kappa, um, because their mission statement did speak to me. So, and it was, and their mission statement at the time, I have no idea what it is now, but their mission at the time, 15 years ago, was that it was, you know, accepting birth however it looks. And it was like, because I I was going into being a doula with all these other people that had never had epidurals, that had never had, you know, surgical births and things like that. And, but I didn't want, I guess I, I, even at that time, I knew that if I went with that particular organization, they were going to be devaluing my particular birth. And that wasn't fair. So, I always knew that I needed to be a part of an organization that was for whatever birth happens to come and to be open to that. So that's kind of, I wish more people would do that. I wish more people would not just crowdsource on Facebook about what training to take, get off your ass and do some research.
0: And now you can because there, I didn't even know Kappa Kappa existed at the time when I was, when I first signed up for my, training. Well there was um, even a cap at Canada at the time. There isn't any more, but and, and people um now there's so many. Oh god yeah so many organizations that are offering training even ones that are offering training in tropical locations, fancy resorts and stuff like that. Costa Rica. That. So mm-hmm. Yeah I just read about one that that um, offers that. So I mean if that's your thing and you have that money, yeah, you feel that that's necessary, whatever. But there, there's so many elements involved in, some of them are completely and only online. Um, some of them have, uh, if you go look into the States, there are uh, culturally competent trainings that focus on different communities. So there's so many options now that were not available. Yep. Yeah. Back
1: then I did, there was CAPA when I started in Canada. But uh, the, again, part of the reason, super easy, that I chose Donut is that's who called me back. Um, and uh, <laughs> that
2: was it, it's like- And
1: yet for me, it was me. the opposite. Yeah, you had the, it's weird. It's just how things show up. And yet here we are on, on the other side of all of that. Um, yeah, pretty amazing. Oh Dona membership God. seemed attractive at the time. You got a magazine. Yeah. I think <laughs> I still have so many of my magazines. I still have a bunch of donut magazines. I have I Can magazines. I have Birthing Circle magazines. I have Mama's Milk.
2: Do you remember that or Mother's Milk? Um, you know you can brash- recycle those, right? Put them in the I- bin. anybody remember
0: the, a magazine called Complete Mother? Yes. O so, M P L E A T. Yeah. yeah. And um, that woman. Some of those too. <laughs> that woman was radical at the time. She was completely radical. I mean, she's she, she was a big advocate for like unassisted birth and blah, blah, blah. And, and her, um, that magazine galvanized me and really informed a lot of my mothering. And a lot of those ideas, I, I've kind of hardened up. I was going to say softened, but I don't know how much more soft you can get than that extreme crunchy granola. And uh, I saved those magazines for the longest, longest time until I felt a little bit more sure of myself. And then I got rid of them. She she died of cancer on uh, on the the day of nine eleven, September 11, thousand and two. Catherine, Catherine something. Yeah. The complete mother. Those magazines were and I think her daughter took over the magazine afterwards. But yeah, I had all of those. So so getting a magazine
2: from Dona, that was a big uh, that was a big bonus. Well time. that was when you were excited to actually get mail. <laughs>
1: When you answer the door when someone knocked, instead of saying, Who the fuck is at my door?
2: Just let everybody be quiet. Don't let them hear us.
1: When the kids used to run to answer the phone, now it's like, Why the fuck are they calling me instead of texting
2: What is that? What is that box over there ringing? What's that? It's a landline, or honey.
0: Phone rings and it's like, Who or who's expecting a package? Yeah, exactly. Are
1: you expecting someone? Yeah, not, uh, not a person, a package. Uh, yeah. We don't expect people, we expect packages. Mm-hmm. Oh, Amazon's here. <laughs> my best friend <laughs> you know it's bad when the amazon guy uh, doesn't have a package for you he just comes to check on you because you didn't get a package that day like this makes sure everyone's okay
2: <laughs> so sad
0: you guys remember? does anybody remember anybody who was in their original doula training with them
2: yeah at all um <laughs> but i don't remember last week so i'm not <laughs> yes there is
1: a woman who currently works for um uh, a surrogacy company, and she took the doula training and never i don 't want to say never did anything with it. She has like a passion around supporting uh, birthing people, but um, she actually never took off on the doula path and eventually found her way into surrogacy work and um, But she and I are in touch, and she was in my training and then my one of my oldest friends from high school actually took the training with me, and she was my partner in doula crime for the first couple of years. And then, uh, yeah, she moved for the first few years. Yeah. She moved to Barry's Bay, uh, like way the fuck out there. And, um, and then, yeah, then Kim and I got in touch on a Yahoo group and it's like, Hey, who are you? Hey, you went to Thompson. I went to Thompson. What was your last name back then? Oh shit. You used to scowl at me at work.
2: <laughs> I scowl at everybody. You, that's a term of endearment.
1: I found that out afterwards. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you were Kim with the good hair. <laughs>
2: just watch kim's hair go
1: by it's like oh she got
2: good hair yeah now you've got good (laughs) hair my hair looks like
0: me Um, but she has good hair but she scowls at me oh no
1: (laughs) i found out afterwards that was just her default don't i yeah i was born with rusting
2: bitch face so (laughs) that uh i always i i'm extremely shy and introverted so resting bitch face protects me from people wanting to interact with me yeah which sucks when at you're in sales busiest,
1: so <laughs> exactly you were in one of the busiest retail centers Scarborough Town Center moving between two different stores because you were at Northern Reflections when I was at Karuba and um, but they were both owned by the same people and we often switched back and forth to cover things but well, uh, I quit
2: Northern when they wouldn't when they wouldn't hire me as an assistant manager yeah because yeah. I, yeah, because I'd had too many jobs.
0: They
2: mm. mm. felt I was flaky. Fuck oh, off. you you had whatever. I know.
1: Speaking of but flaky, those, you're I'm
2: upwardly mobile. Yeah, but I'm kind of glad because the the assistant manager job was actually at the Oshawa Center. Ah, uh, want to go to Oshawa?
1: Um, I was working at Esprit before I was working at. Uh, Karuba and when I was working at Esprit I was there for two and a half months and I kept noticing that my sale tally was going down and down and down and it turns out and then we had like this ginormous sale and Esprit never had a sale so uh, this ginormous sale at the end of the day my my ticker was down of how many sales I'd met and then another one of the girls said just leave it alone leave it alone I'm like I can leave it alone these get sent to head office we get feedback on this Turns out it was the fucking manager. And I approached her about it. I'm like, why? Are I specifically sent you the sales. And, you know, the p- people specifically gave you my name. And I can clearly see that while you were running this, you weren't taking up my sales. You were taking them for yourself. I was fired the next day. Just before the three month um, you know, the, the frame okay. where they can fire. Yeah, the probation where they don't have to give you a reason to fire you. Um, next day, we had a, a sit down about how I'm not the right fit for for there. Because she was, and it wasn't just me, my sales she was taking. The other girl had said, just leave it alone. It's what she does. I'm like, not fucking doing it to me.
2: But did you get commission for that?
1: No, it was just part of your employee feedback and stuff like that. And uh, they expect you to make a certain quota. Yeah. The thing is, is it looks back on the, bad on the manager. When you're getting, as a manager, you're getting a bunch of sales, but your people aren't. You're not managing well.
2: Yeah. Right. Oh
1: to uh, for managers and assistant managers there were bonuses and stuff right but the thing is is I don't think you got those bonuses if your employees weren't me- weren't meeting quota as well so she would like just get me to quota and stuff like that and I, I always thought I'm like whatever I wasn't concerned about it at first until I started realizing that um it you're irritated me stealing your sales yeah you're stealing my fucking sales you're stealing off my ticker and it drove me crazy I worked there with with your friend Kira oh yeah right Kira was yeah and um she and i got on like like aces it was great but again it was one of the other girls so so
2: here's so here's something kira Mm -hmm. who's my friend kira weatherup yep who's my friend from an eternity ago where our mothers our grandmothers were best friends and our mothers were best friends she dated stewart who yeah. you know, yeah. yes, they dated for years, who you know because you because of football
0: yeah. for Suzanne. I'm, so, I'm,
2: yeah. Who knows his brother through football. So there's like a football. whole interconnected <laughs> triangle of, and we are all from like all over. Yeah, and yet here we are. We all know Six degrees of
1: less degrees
2: of separation. Yeah. So,
1: your Stuart?
2: Yes. They dated, married- I think, after we broke up. Oh. When, when yeah. we were in high school, too, when I was in high school.
1: So he dated Kira, but then he married Donna.
2: Yes. Who's my friend? Yes. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. But and none you know- of us went to the same high schools or anything. Oh, he went to the same high school as Kira. I think in Agent Court
1: and Donna went to high school with us.
2: Right. I don't know how they met, but whatever. Yeah. So crazy, right? Our worlds have been so interconnected for so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet now, and here we are. by interconnected by other people, and it took doula work to bring us together. And then
1: I found my way back to Michelle Brown, who is also a doula, because she worked with my sister at a call center and then oh, Carrie wow. called me to tell him, when I mentioned Michelle Brown, cause I was going to see her. Carrie's like, Oh, Michelle Brown from Thompson. Like, yeah. She's like, yeah, I'm working with her over here. And so again, it was just like this weird interconnected. She, she left high school, went to work with my sister and then left my sister's place of work and came back to work with me. Wow. Yeah. Wild. It's all crazy.
2: Crazy. Well, there
1: you go. And that takes us to 1130 and that's our personal journey through doula work. And interconnectivity. And life. <laughs> yeah. And what would you change if? Yep. What would I change if? Yeah. Man, all right.
2: I can go journal that shit. Yeah. So we have our new book. We do. What's it called would... again and say it one more time. The Pull of the Stars. The Pull
0: of the Stars by Emma Donahue. So you don't have to go all the way back to the beginning of the no. podcast. The pull
2: yeah. of the stars, by Emma Donahue. Um, so, really, <laughs> um, when are we when are we gonna do that? So we gave two months before. All right. So, so that would be maybe mid September. Yeah. September seventeenth
0: matches with my my regular real life book club. So September and yeah. So after my book club, then we'll come this book club. So it's the 17th. Yes.
2: All right. So September 17th, we will have another book club recording. So if you help, if you read this book with us and you want to be part of it, like Carissa was last, last week, um, we would love to have you and yeah, just let us know. Carissa loved
0: it. She said so. She thought it was the
2: best thing ever. So if you don't believe that it's going to be fun, just ask Carissa. Yeah,
1: Carissa, Carissa loves us, Carissa loves us. Every day my happy dance. She wanted,
2: she wanted pictures of us. Like, we're like maybe kind of famous, <laughs> even we'll remotely famous. Pictures. Um. Yeah, so there you go.
0: There All you right. go, people. Well, let me take a picture of this Zoom screen. Oh,
2: yes, since we actually have, you know, a Should picture. Should
0: background on and make it No, crazy? it
2: was horrifying, actually. That's scary space background. Yeah. No, don't
0: do that. Is there, do you know, how do you take a picture on your computer? I don't know. Could be a way to do that, right? Roger, what's the
1: shortcut for taking a picture on your computer?
2: Because I don't want to be like that in my picture. No, I have mine down here and then tilting it up. Down. Sorry, what? Control print screen. Okay. I don't have that.
0: there we go that should be good um oh control print screen okay let me try it smile
2: okay great oh can i take another one because suzanne your eyes are closed in every fucking one hold on no (laughs) We finally actually have your goddamn face as opposed to just your name. All right. Cheese. All right. Now that I don't look like Hillbilly Sue, I can smile. Yep.
0: No more Hillbilly Sue, Sue got her teeth. No more Hillbilly Sue, got my I got my teeth in.
2: Hilarious. <laughs> All right. Okay. We we recorded that. We probably didn't need to. I probably should have stopped recording. Oh. Anyways, uh, we love you. You're the best. Wash You're your me. hands. Wash wear a fucking you. mask. Wear a fucking mask. Don't be an asshole. Wear a mask. That's our new tagline. Don't be an asshole, wear a mask. Yeah. All right. I told you oh. that
0: we're here to tell you everything to do. So just just do it. Listen to us, okay? That's All right. Us. All okay. right. Bye. Bye.
1: We'll be